Southern Gateway, we, uh, we're excited to worship with uh, you this, 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 uh, this morning. And uh, I just felt just that worship is, is never meant to be a lonely place. And uh, there's about five of us here tonight shooting for, for Sunday. And it can be kind of lonely because it's such a big hall. And uh, you can still sometimes hear an echo. The, the greatest thing is that we, when we worship, you might be at home, you might feel lonely at home from our community, trying to worship to a TV or listening with your headphones. Or, and, uh, but the, the exciting thing is that thousands upon thousands upon thousands of angels are joining us this morning. And so we just trust that's um, the best way that kind of just gets me into God's throne room is just closing your eyes and I encourage you just to, to close your eyes right now and, and picture Jesus just walking in don't try try picture what he looks like but just just picture him in his fullness just walking into the room wherever you're listening to this, wherever you're watching this, just picture him walking in, sitting next to you. And just ask to, to be aware of his presence. Aware of, of where is he? And so we're just going to take a moment where we just settle our hearts, settle our minds, that we worship in spirit and truth one voice, one song, with thousands and thousands and thousands upon thousands of angels, worshiping our King Jesus.
the God of covenants, of faithful promises. And time and time again, you have proven you do it what you say. Oh, the storms may come and the winds may blow out.
front of me The one who made the deaf to hear He's silencing my everything He's silencing my everything Let's do it again The one who made the blind to see He's moving here in front of me He's moving here in front of me Silencing my every fear is silencing my every fear. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. I believe in you. I believe in you. God of miracle oh. The one who does impossible is reaching out to me
Trusting God for a miracle. And Jesus is here saying, This is the moment. Talk to me. What you need to do is just to believe and sing in faith that God is here and He's the provider and He's the one who makes the way where there seems to be no way. Don't you sing it this morning like you mean it from your heart? That you do believe that He is the God of miracle. He's the one who raised the dead, and He can do it today in your life.
God of miracles I believe in you I believe in you You're the God of miracles Yes we do We believe in you Jesus We believe Psalm 89, it says, I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. I was just reflecting on that as we were singing about God's faithfulness and his steadfast love and just how Jesus purposed and said his set his focus towards the cross and he didn't flinch but his steadfast love took him to the cross for you and me and I think the greatest miracle that we we're singing about God of miracles the greatest miracle is that out of that that Jesus transforms lives and he changes lives I think that's the greatest miracle of all that he can take someone that is a sinner and make them into a saint. You can take someone that is living in impurity and bring them to a place of purity. And so, Father, we, Lord, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you that you set your focus on the cross, Lord, that you went through the cross to bring life to this world, Lord, which desperately needs life. And I pray right now, Lord, that you are doing a miracle in people's hearts. 
Lord, we know that unless you draw us, we will not come to you, Lord. And, and I pray that by your spirit, Lord, that you would draw people, Lord. That you'd bring about that change and that miracle, Lord. And the abundance, Lord. Into each and every heart. I pray in Jesus' name. Thank you for your kingdom, Lord, and that your kingdom is at hand, Lord. Your kingdom is here. And I pray, Lord, that down from heaven, Lord, I pray the kingdom into each one of our hearts right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Great. Thanks, guys. Thank you. You too. And uh, we're going to have Wayne for the preach. So thank you, Wayne. Um, go for it. Hi guys and welcome to our Sunday service. Um, we continue our journey in the book of Joshua. Thanks Nick from last week for just showing us the, the fruit of determination and perseverance. And we're going to take that theme a little bit further today. We're going to look at the life of Caleb. And I've, I've termed tonight's preach or today's preach, but dot 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 Caleb. So just trying to put this together, I thought, how do, we, how do we put this picture together? Who was Caleb? Where did he come from? And why has he got any significance to us sitting uh, in the post-COVID world? So I'm going to sketch a bit of a picture of, 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 of where Caleb comes into the narrative. Then we're going to go through a bit of scripture. I'm going to take a couple of lessons out of that scripture, which tells us a lot about Caleb. Then we're going to come back to this picture that I... I'm sketching now in the beginning. So it's going to require you to pay attention for longer than just the next 10 seconds. You need to have to pay attention now and at the end. You can go to sleep in the middle, but now and at the end. All right, so the story begins, I know we're in Joshua, and, and a lot has said about Caleb in Joshua 14, but the story begins 45 years before that in uh, Numbers 14. Actually, Numbers 13 and Numbers 14 gives a lot about Caleb, and when he, he joins the, he's one of the 12 spies, and he joins the spying out crew who goes into the land of milk and honey, and goes to find out what this promised land looks like. So I just want to put us in a bit of a picture. Can you imagine standing in a wilderness? You, you're standing in a desert. There's a, a river in front of you, and across the river is the promised land. This is the land of milk and honey. You get then tasked by the big chief. Moses says, okay, guys, go into the land and spy out the land. He does that on, on God's instruction, actually. So uh, they're standing in the wilderness. They're looking at this. The 12 leaders of the tribes or the 12 spies of the tribes are tasked with going into the, the promised land. They've got to go and scope it out. In the back of their mind, they're thinking, we are backed by a mighty God. We have come out of Egypt. There have been miracles that we still talk about today. The, the, the Red Sea was split. Um, the plagues afflicted Egypt before, b before they left, and not one Israelite was touched. There was the, the whole night of the Passover when the, the, the firstborn were taken away, and yet the Israelites were unharmed. 
On a day-to-day basis, they were getting fed in the desert. The, they were now away from the foe, the, the Egyptians, but they were being fed on a daily basis. So in they go, and they, they spy the place out. There's 12 of them, and they spend, I think it says that they spend 40 days in the, in the, the new land, looking at it. There are some reports, um, some Hebrew reports, that during this time, Caleb actually went back to where his forefathers had been, and, and, and that sort of gave him the conviction that this is what he needed to do. But those are unverified in our everyday Christian Bible. But nevertheless, they go out and they, they have a look. They see a glorious land. Why do I say a glorious land? Uh, one of the descriptions that comes out, they, they speak about two men having to carry a cluster of grapes. Now, let's take it that these guys were on a 40-day mission. They didn't want to carry these things too far. So they probably had to carry them at least 10 to 15 k's together. Now, 10 to 15 kilometers is not too far. Um, how much would they weigh? Two men can carry pretty comfortably, I'm not going to say 50 kilograms, let's say they could carry 20 kilograms between them for 15 kilometers. Can you imagine a cluster of grapes, 20 kilograms in weight? Can you imagine the size of the grapes? How did these grapes all stay together? And then these grapes, when they, when they got home, they could show the nation this fruit, this land of milk and honey. This was physical evidence that this was a good land that they were going into. But it was also dangerous. They also make mention of the fact that the, the, the Anakim uh, have possession of the land. They feel like insignificant people. They feel like they only come up to their knees. Uh, there are fortified cities. It is a, it's going to be a tough nut to crack. Then they have a bit of an argument, and we're going to go through some of that scripture now. And they then get, become a generation of wanderers, where everybody 20 years and below, uh, sorry, 20 years and above, perishes 20 years and below, actually finally makes it into the promised land. But they wander around for 40 years because of this fear that they have within them. So that's just the, the picture that I'm sketching right now as to who they are, where the Israelites find themselves, and where we find ourselves in, 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 in the life of Caleb. So now I'm going to go on to a, a bit of scripture. First time we see him is in Numbers 13, and it says there that Caleb is from the tribe of Judah. Uh, carrying on in Numbers 13, 30, I'm going to be reading. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. The report has come back. They've said this is a bounteous land and we can go in and, and, and take it from two of the spies. But 10 of the spies say, yes, we, it's a lovely land, but we will face annihilation at the hands of the enemy. They are too strong. We cannot, we, we cannot overcome this enemy very easily. So here we straight away, we see Caleb is swimming against the current, as it were. He's not going with a popular belief. I'm going to carry on reading in Numbers 14, verse 6. And Joshua and Caleb, who were amongst those who had spied out the land. Please forgive my paraphrasing. And Joshua and Caleb, who were amongst those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said, The land which we passed through to spy it out 
is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the, of the land, for they are bred for us. Don't you like that? They believe that the people, these enemies of theirs, these giants, are actually their bread, actually their sustenance. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. So this is Joshua and Caleb swimming counter to the current situation around them, to the, to, to the other reports. So there's 10 of them saying, no, we shouldn't go, and two of them saying, but we can do that if God is with us, if he delights in us. The congregation, then all the congregation said to stone them. So these guys have come up with a, a contrary opinion, and the rest, of the, <laughs> the rest of the nation wants to stone them. And then God does something that is amazing. He shows, he, he shows that he will not let this dissenting voice be drowned out. He says, but the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the people of Israel, and Joshua and Caleb were not stoned. To my mind, what was Moses thinking? But we'll get to ask him one day. Carrying on. Moses, uh, Numbers 14, verse 24. And this, this is probably where the title of today's preach comes from. But, and I said dot, 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 Caleb but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land into which he went and his descendants shall possess it. I, I want us to, I'm emphasizing some of these phrases because I'm going to get to them a little bit in the teaching just now. Because he has a different spirit, has followed me fully. Carrying on Joshua, uh, in Joshua 14, verse 6, later on now, Caleb is now coming to claim his inheritance. We're now 45 years later. He's now saying, Josh, Caleb came, said to Joshua, you know what the Lord said to Moses about you and me. I was 40 when Moses sent me to spy out the land, and I brought him a word as it was in my heart. But my brothers who also went spying made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And now the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said, these 45 years since the time the Lord spoke this word to Moses. I am now 85 years old, as strong today as when I went spying. For war, for coming and going, now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall drive them out, just as the Lord said. Carrying on. This will be the last piece of scripture I read, and then we will go through a couple of the lessons, and then we'll get back to the story, as I spoke about. Joshua 15, verse 13. According to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua, he gave Caleb a position, uh, sorry, a portion of the people of Judah, Hebron. And Caleb drove out the three sons of Anak. Then he went against Debir, offering the reward of his daughter as wife to the man who captured the city. And Othniel, his nephew, captured it. When Aksa, his daughter, came to him, she urged her new husband to ask for a field. Caleb asked his daughter, Aksa, directly, what do you want? Give me a blessing, she said. Since you have given me the land of the Negeb, give me also springs of water. And he gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. So, 
out of these four or five passages of Scripture, I trust you've got some sort of feeling as to what sort of a man Caleb was, what drove him, and what sort of personality he had. And, and I want to I unpack just four of those things now out of the Scripture, and then I want to go back to our story, which we started, started in the beginning, which brings these lessons and our current situation and Caleb's situation all together. So number one, if you listen to, if you listen to Caleb and you listen to the reports about him, Numbers 14 verse 8 says, If the Lord is with us, you can go and look it up, Numbers 14 verse 8. Numbers 14 verse 10, If the Lord delights in us, Joshua 14, verse 12, 45 years later, it, he says, if, it may be that the Lord will be with me. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I will be able to drive these giants out of the hill country around, around Hebron. 45 years later, he has not withered. He has not, his, his fire has not diminished. He is just as, just as prepared to go, but only on one condition. It may be that the Lord is with me. I think that's the, the, the first point, and we've emphasized this, I've emphasized this over this, this book of Joshua. If the Lord is with me, is the Lord with us? Next point, and this is, uh, there's simple illustrations around this, but in Numbers 14, verse 24, it says, He has followed me fully. God is speaking about Caleb and says, He has followed me fully. Numbers 14, verse 24. Later on in Joshua 14, verse 8, Caleb comes up and says, Yet I wholly followed the Lord. He later, on, later on, somebody reports on him, He wholly followed the Lord in Joshua 14, verse 14. So this guy was fully invested. I would like to ask you, what does fully invested mean? Simple illustration. We see it every day. It doesn't matter where we have breakfast. We see full investment and we see so we see commitment, and we see involvement. Caleb was committed. He was like your bacon on your breakfast plate in the morning. He's not like the egg on your breakfast plate in the morning. That's just involved. The chicken was just involved in your breakfast this morning. The, egg, uh, the, the, the pig was totally invested. Caleb was totally invested. First one, God with us. Second one, fully invested. In the crux, the, 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 the title of this particular preach. But Caleb, he has a different spirit. I want to reread that. He has a different spirit. But my servant Caleb, my servant Caleb, he was a servant of the Lord. My servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit, he was not swimming in the same direction as all the other fish. He was not going with the popular belief. He was prepared to stand by what was in his heart. If we read a little bit earlier on, it speaks about what was in my heart is what I brought. That's the report that I brought to the table. He was, because of that, he had a different spirit and he has followed me fully. And because of that, I will bring into the land, I will bring into the land into which he went and his descendants shall possess it. He had an opposite spirit. Lessons, God with us, fully invested in an opposite spirit. And then the last point, which just struck me when, in Joshua 15, when, when his daughter comes forward and asks for this piece of land. 
she's already got the Negev. Now, the Negev is not a particularly luscious part of the world. It doesn't look like the garden route. It looks like the little Karoo and maybe even the Karoo. It's not a lacquer place. But she says, hang on, she also needs the springs. But she comes out and she's forthright. She's direct and she asks her father for the blessing and he gives it to her. But I think he's invested in her something of that boldness, something of that courage, something of that conviction. Go for what is yours. Come out and ask for it. What's the worst that can happen? He could say no, but he didn't. He said, yeah, we are, my daughter. You are blessed. I think we should remember this. This woman was living in an age where they, 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 they didn't have a voting right. They had limited means. Women were, it was generally a patriarchal society. Um, they didn't have a lot of say. And here she was, bold enough in front of everyone to say, please give me the upper stream and the, the upper spring and the lower spring. Interestingly enough, he also has, has challenged somebody to help him secure this one city. And this guy, Othniel, puts up his hand and says, I'll do it. And he wins the prize, he wins the city, and he wins the wife. And interestingly enough, the first judge in the, in, in the um, Jewish nation was the same gentleman. Othniel was eventually made the judge in charge of the, of the Israel nation. Same guy. But he'd, I think it was something of the baton being handed over, the, the legacy being passed on, the, the, the boldness, the DNA being transferred across to this next generation. And it came through a 45-year example, as we can see in, in, in what we've read this morning. Now we go back to the picture. So where do we start? 45 years before, the guys are sitting in Numbers 14, and they're standing in a wilderness. Quite possibly today you are standing in a post-COVID wilderness. Your income has dried up. Your ability to pay your bills has shrunk. Your foundation, which you were so sure of under your feet, is cracked and you are shaken. You do not know you don't know how you're going to make the bond payment at the end of the month. You do not know how you're going to pay for your rent at the end of the month. Your, your payment holiday is through the banks for your car is over. It's quite possible that we're there. There are many people in this position. We are in no different position today to where Caleb and the Israelite nation stood in Numbers 14, Numbers 13 and 14, in similar positions. So we then need to go out and scope out the promised land. We need to go and see what else God has got for us. He's promised us. He's put us in places. He's put us here in Neisner. He's put us in our families. He's put us in our communities. He's stirring something in our hearts to go somewhere. He's birthed within us an apostolic gift. He's birthed within us a preaching gift. He's birthed within us, or he's, he's put in us over the last 20 years, he's built within us a, an ability to, to hold church like this, to bring communities together. I don't know what he's done with you, but he's promised you more than a, 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 an apocalyptic post-COVID. He's promised us more than just a wasteland post-COVID. But we've got to go out and we've got to go and have a look. 
And I believe over the last while we've had a chance to sit back and we've had a chance to evaluate who we are, what drives us, what are our drivers, what is important. I think Nick's uh, word that he brought at the beginning around, around the shunting of, uh, at, a, at a shunting yard, moving stuff and getting stuff into position on a, on a train, on a train yard, in a goods yard is maybe applicable to here. We, we've had that time to shunt and move things around. But we've now seen this land. We've been out there and we've scoped it out. Going further on in that story, I spoke about they had been backed by a mighty God. They had seen his provision in escaping from slavery. They had seen his provision in day-to-day food provided to them through the desert. I know, I have seen it, I have heard it with my ears, I have seen the people in this congregation who have given testimony about how God has been good to them during the last five months. I know about it. I've experienced it myself. I've been helped unbelievably during this COVID period by people I'd actually forgotten about. I'd helped them 15 years ago, 20 years ago, and suddenly somebody said, Wayne, how are you? One morning I was paying bills, and I was on the internet and I was paying my bills, and my money went down, and the next minute, whoops, it, it went above the original balance. It was like, Tracy, what are you doing? What's happening here? And somebody put money into my account from overseas who I, I'd actually forgotten about. So, we stand in the wilderness, we're scoping out the promised land, but we've, we, we, we're backed by mighty God. We've got present, fresh testimony and revelation of how good God is to us. So now the question is, we see this land, it's glorious, but it's dangerous. So now we sit, at this, now we sit on the edge of the Jordan. Now we sit in this place where, yes, but, 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 but won't it get better? Yeah, but, 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 you know, if things turn around and, and the engines start running again, we'll be okay. Uh, maybe so. Maybe, maybe we'll get back on the same hamster wheel. I don't know. But God has birthed in you. He's put in you. He's trained you. He's put you in communities. He's, he's, he's discipled you over the last while. Forget about the six months. I'm talking about the, your, your previous five years to these last six months. He's, he's put stuff into you for a different future to what we have now. I cannot tell you, friends, what those things are. But they're out there and they're waiting for you. But we are now have to decide, is it a sweet land? If it's sweet, are we prepared to go with our God? Are we prepared to be like Caleb and say, hang on, our God can go with us. And if, it's, if he's with me, I do not. If he delights in me, I do not have to worry. If he is with me, I do not have to worry. I just, uh, well, while we were worshiping now, I, a thought came to me. Can you imagine Caleb is now 20 years older? He's now 85. He was 40 when, when, we, when this, the scoping out spying expedition happened. Um, Everyone 20 years and below has, has survived. Everyone else has, has perished. So he's 20 years older than anybody else. I've, I was thinking, imagine if I was 20 years younger than him 
And we now, and now they've been fighting for five years. They've come across the, the Jordan and they've been fighting for five years and he's coming to get his inheritance. I thought to myself, I would have wanted to be by his side during these fights because God has said, I'm going to give to you and your descendants, I'm going to give you stuff. And, 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 and so he was going to survive. So who do you want to be? I want to be his, I want to be his armor bearer. I want to be his right-hand man because I'm not going to get wiped out because Caleb's not going to get wiped out because God is good to his word. So the question is, the post-COVID world is going to be different. Yes, it's going to be dangerous. The dangers are going to be different. But are we going to be a generation that, that is lost in wonders for 40 years? And it can happen, friends. It happened to the Israelites. But there's a better way. But Caleb saw a better way. But Joshua saw a better way. But you have to have God with you. You have to be fully invested. You have to have an opposite spirit. And you must be prepared. You must not, sorry, you must not forget. What are you leaving? What legacy, what generational legacy are you transferring? Right now, there are 25 to 40-year-olds who are training their children in the rest of their lives. Forget about your life, the next generation's life. And I'm asking you, are you training them to be scared, to hide, or are you training them to be a Caleb who says, but my God with me, fully invested in an opposite spirit, I can be different. My legacy can be different. I don't want to become prescriptive. I don't want to slam anybody. I just would love to pray with us now, just in closing. God wants us to be with him. He wants us to be fully invested. He wants us to have the opposite spirit. And if we have those things, we will create a legacy, a generation that are scared of nothing. Can we pray? Yeah, Father God. Oh Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the glorious privilege we had this evening to you. Stand together and worship, Lord. Lord, and even as most of this congregation have been at home and haven't had that chance, Lord. Lord, I pray for in the weeks to come for an opportunity for us to share together, Lord, to worship together. Because, Lord, you are inhabiting the praises of your people. And it's there, Lord, where we can get close to you. Father, I pray for a closeness with you, Lord through your word, through your Holy Spirit, and through the love of Jesus Christ, Lord, that we would feel close to you. Lord, I pray for... Our Father, I pray for courage, Lord, in the face of fear. Yes, Lord, it's frightening. Yes, Lord, mankind faces a challenge second to none to recover this, this world and put them back on the spin, Lord. But, Father, there's been world wars and you've come through, Lord. You've changed things, Lord. So, Father, we come before you and we ask you, Father, 
We are not wavering. We are not moving. We are sticking with you. You are our answer. Lord Jesus, you are the one who keeps us firm. No matter what happens around us, no matter how our foundations are, sh are shaken, we can hold on to you, Lord. Father, we commit to you. Holy Spirit, I pray you'd come and sit inside us. Sit inside us and help us see the other side of the coin. Help us see the bounty. Help us see that you put our enemies as our bread. Help us see that the problem is the solution, Father God. You would give us that divine insight. You would give us the creative capacity. You would give us the cooperative gentleness, Lord, to work together to establish something new, Father God. Led by you, Lord. Led by what you've put into us and invested us over the last part of our lives, Father God. Father, would we have an opposite spirit? Lord, we trust you. We can trust nothing else, Father God. We cannot trust our share portfolio. We cannot trust a vaccine which may never come. We cannot trust our houses, our current wealth and position. Lord, we've seen that can be taken from us in the blink of an eye. But we can trust you, Lord. You're taking us to eternity together. Why should we worry about tomorrow? Father, you have provided for us in miraculous small ways. You've provided for us in miraculous big ways. Because of these things, Lord, because of these current revelations, because of these fresh revelations, Lord, we hold on to you, Father God. And you say, help us, Lord, to have that different spirit of Caleb, Lord. Let it reside in us. Let, us the, let, us, let the courage of the Holy Spirit reside in us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, church, for your time. I wish you a, a great week ahead, and hopefully we can get together and spend a bit more time worshipping together over the next couple of weeks as we ramp up our return to worshipping together in this venue. Thank you. Goodbye.